Hi there, I'm Leslie, and this is the Hello Personality Podcast, the podcast for people who are open and curious when it comes to learning about themselves and others through the lens of their personality type so that they can take their type from a casual curiosity to a life-changing path for growth, all for the purpose of helping you live a life focused on who you really are and what matters most. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 1, where we're going to focus our curiosity and openness on the Enneagram, which is another personality type system to help you focus on what matters most. Let's dive in. Today I'm going to share a few reasons why I'm switching personality type systems between seasons on this podcast and what the Enneagram provides that the 16 type system doesn't. We'll also spend some time defining a few key terms that you'll want to understand when working with your Enneagram type. I'll also explain the concepts of inner and outer work and how it relates to the concepts of introversion and extroversion that we talked about with the 16 type system in season one. I'm also going to share my own experiences with the Enneagram. And along those lines, just a little preview in case you're interested, I do have some official Enneagram certifications, and this includes being an IEQ-9 Integrative Enneagram Accredited Practitioner. (laughs) That's kind of a mouthful. I'm also a Chestnut Pius Enneagram Academy Certified Professional. And at the time of this recording, I'm wrapping up the final requirement for CP Enneagram Academy's Personal Mastery Program. Since the Hello Personality podcast is mostly for people who are newer to personality type, this is also true for this season with the Enneagram. Now, whether you're brand new to the Enneagram or if you've studied it a bit, but aren't quite sure like what's the next step for you, this is for you. I know we're switching to a new personality type system here on the podcast, but I still believe that it's best to focus on one personality type system at a time when you're doing your own inner and outer work. And this is especially important, at least at the beginning of working with your type. So keep this in mind as you listen to the season. So I just want to acknowledge you might be in one of two different places here. If you've decided that you're invested in working with your 16 types personality on a deeper level right now, that is a level that goes beyond the four letters of your type in that system, then you may want to consider yourself in learning or identification mode with the Enneagram instead of the exploration or navigation modes. Now, maybe you're not quite sure if you want the 16 type system or the Enneagram system to begin working with it or begin investing in it. Hopefully this season will help you gain some clarity there. Now, when I talked about the learning or identification modes, I'm referencing the three levels in the strategy that I laid out of working with your personality type. And I talked about that in season one, episode one. Identification is the first level, exploration being the second level, and navigation being the third. So be sure to check out season one, episode one, if you want more information about that. So this season is for you, even if you've decided to invest your growth in the 16 type systems right now, you can still learn about the Enneagram. But if you're in that situation, I do encourage you to give yourself permission to just be in a mode of absorbing the information 
and know that you'll still be able to reflect and observe some things about yourself in this system, but that it's totally okay to place your priority on the 16 types personality right now. And then you can come back and listen to this again when you're ready to do a deep dive into the Enneagram. So I know that you're probably someone who loves to learn. And you may have a hard time slowing down to really take your time with new things because you want to keep moving forward. You want to keep learning new things. But this is part of our growth. And I say our intentionally, yours and mine. Take your time. It's important and it matters. So I'll likely make some small connections between the two systems as I proceed through season two here. And I'll do that when it makes sense to do so and when I don't think it will introduce confusion between the two systems. Now, there's another person that you might be that is listening here. If on the other hand, you are ready to invest time and energy in identifying your life-changing path for growth through the Enneagram, I encourage you to be ready to not only listen and absorb, but be ready to take action on what you can reflect on and observe through the lens of your Enneagram type. If you don't know your Enneagram type, that's totally okay. You probably won't land on your type just by listening to this season, but I do believe that you'll learn some things that will make the process faster. This season will give you the tools for this. And if you're still not sure which personality type system to work with, you can go to hellopersonality.com and there's a quiz on that homepage there that will help you make the choice of which system is best for you to focus on right now. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about why I'm switching back and forth between personality type systems on the podcast. As someone who is really passionate about helping you identify the water in which you swim, and when I say that, I mean helping you see the things that you're doing unconsciously, well, I've zeroed in on the 16 types and Enneagram systems as two very powerful systems that, that can help you see what you may not be able to see. These two systems give you the language to understand yourself and other people and the way that you operate in the world. They do have some similarities, but they also have some key differences. So what are some of those similarities and differences? Well, just like the 16 type system, there's more than meets the eye to the Enneagram and definitely more than the memes and videos might tell you, even if they are sometimes true and funny. Both systems can help you expand your view of yourself to reveal what's hidden or what's just beyond your scope of view. Both systems have what we call a shadow aspect. So you know that when you're facing a source of light, such as the sun, it casts a shadow behind you. And you can't see what's behind you because you're focused on what you can see from your current position and looking straight ahead. In both of these systems, the shadow is the unconscious parts of who you are. And both systems help to shine a light on these areas that you can't see without further exploration. The 16 types is more about mental wiring and the mental wiring that you use when you make decisions and when you learn information. And it's about the kind of information that you focus on in both of these situations, learning and making decisions. 
The Enneagram is much more about your underlying and usually unconscious motivations for things. With the Enneagram, we look at the idea of personality as a set of defensive patterns and the shadows that exist as a result of these patterns. With the Enneagram, your personality is not really you or who you truly are underneath those defensive patterns. Keep this in mind. In working with many clients over the years with their Enneagram type, and in doing my own Enneagram work, I've seen firsthand how easy it is for people to take what they learn about their type and think it's a judgment or think that they're somehow bad in some way. Just know that seeing some of the things that we've put in our shadows, those things can be difficult to acknowledge and face. Otherwise, they wouldn't be in our shadows. By seeing and addressing all the parts of you, both the parts you already know and the parts that you will discover, you'll be equipped to activate your potential. And this involves giving yourself lots of compassion and approaching what you'll learn about yourself with curiosity instead of judgment and instead of judgment against yourself or other people. So I encourage you to begin by observing when this happens and to move from judgment to curiosity and a more open mind when it happens. By studying the Enneagram, you'll see how your natural gifts, based on your Enneagram type, have become almost singularly used to try and meet your needs, and they've now become more of a challenge than a gift. This is true for every single person and everyone's Enneagram type, not just you. We've all heavily relied in many ways on a pretty narrow set of patterns when it comes to the ways that we think and feel and behave. And unfortunately, we get stuck here, and this narrows your view of what's possible for you. The Enneagram can show you these patterns of thinking and feeling and behaving. You tend to use a particular set of patterns based on your Enneagram type to get things done in the world, and to try and fill your deepest internal needs. Things like the need to be loved and understood and appreciated, connected, or things like safety and comfort and protection. So let's get into defining a few key terms. But first, what is the Enneagram? Just know that we're going to talk about some of the basics here and try to give you an overview and we'll get deeper into these things as we move forward in this season. Instead of the 16 core types, there are nine core Enneagram types. There are subtypes for each of these nine types that ultimately results in 27 types, but let's stick with the nine core types for now. These Enneagram core types are shown on a circle on the outside of the whole Enneagram symbol. You can see a picture of the Enneagram symbol if you go to hellopersonality.com Enneagram. On the inside of the circle, you can also see two shapes that create a set of lines between the types. So you've got a circle with the core Enneagram types around the outside, and you've got two shapes inside that create lines. Those two shapes are a triangle, and that triangle's points touch the numbers 9, 3, and 6. And there's a hexad that touches the other numbers. That includes 1, 2, 4, 5, 7, and 8. 
The Enneagram types are also organized into something called the centers of intelligence. The center of intelligence that your core Enneagram type is in is the center of intelligence that you tend to lead from. So at the top of the Enneagram symbol, you have types 8, 9, and 1, which are in the body center. On the right-hand side of the circle or the Enneagram symbol, you have types 2, 3, and 4, and they make up the heart center. Then on the left-hand side of the Enneagram symbol, you have types 5, 6, and 7, and these types make up the head center. Remember what I shared just a little bit ago about getting stuck in a particular set of patterns? Well, when you identify your core Enneagram type, you know where on the Enneagram symbol you've become stuck. And it gives you a map for how to grow and get unstuck and how to see your true potential realized. So we'll get to some other aspects of the Enneagram symbol and your growth path toward your potential and what matters most in upcoming episodes in the season. And this includes a discussion about things like your wings, your dominant instinct for survival and what that means, and how to move along the lines that connect your type to other types on the Enneagram. So let's move on and talk about the idea of inner versus outer work. When it comes to the Enneagram, we'll look at things in terms of inner and outer work with a heavy, heavy focus on the inner work. Inner work relates to anything that happens internally. So this includes intentional reflection about what you're thinking, feeling, and doing, and why you're doing these things or what's motivating you. Inner work can also be about mindset shifts or coming to new understandings and basically becoming new on the inside. It's all the work you do on the inside to experience an inner transformation. Inner work also involves getting to know and understand yourself, being able to love yourself and show compassion for who you are at all stages of your growth journey. And it's about the being aspects of your life rather than the doing aspects. Inner work includes things that may not create an immediate result that's seen by others. It may not feel productive or like you're making an impact on the outer world. The problem with inner work for so many people is that because the results may not be immediately recognizable to other people, there may be less motivation to slow down and take time for their inner work. For many extroverts, as we've talked about in the 16 type system, The inner world is not the most comfortable world because their energy naturally flows to the external world. Now, that doesn't mean that extroverts are worse at their inner work or that they don't or can't do inner work, but their specific struggles around doing inner work likely begins with just not seeing the immediate external results and the difficulty in slowing down to do the inner work. For introverts, their inner world is their most natural world. However, that doesn't mean that they're better at doing inner work. Their struggle is just different. Their struggle is likely being able to see new aspects of this world that feel so familiar to them. So they may encounter a struggle to learn new things about themselves if they feel like they've already explored so much of their inner terrain or that they know themselves quite well already. 
So the opposite of all these things I've just been talking about is considered outer work. That's anything that's done in the external world that creates a positive external change or impact. This includes working on things outside of yourself in which you want to experience a change. This could be gaining new skills or abilities in your work or by interacting with people in new ways. It could also mean sharing your inner work journey with a coach or partnering with others to give and receive feedback about the work that you're doing. For the most part, we're going to be focused on inner work when we talk about the Enneagram, but this inner work will often create new actions in the external world also, and that means it's going to result in outer work too. That's a major benefit of inner work, seeing changes that result in the external world. And that means including being more focused on the kinds of work that really matter and being more invested in the places that you do choose to spend your time, such as at work or the kinds of work that you do and in relationships. The changes that result in those areas are undeniable when you really commit to doing your own inner work. Your inner work will have a massive impact on your external world. Okay, so since we're nearing the end of this episode, I did want to share a little bit about my own journey and experiences with the Enneagram. It's a very personally meaningful system to me. I have devoted significant amounts of time to my own study of the Enneagram and to my own inner work. I've used coaches to help guide me, and I'm actively involved in Enneagram growth groups and retreats to help me continue to see what's difficult for me to see on my own. I've verified my Enneagram type to be the self-preservation version or subtype of Enneagram type four. And if you're not sure what I mean by self-preservation subtype, that's totally okay. We'll get into that in the season. But the deeper I go in working with my own Enneagram related patterns and the areas in which I tend to get stuck or narrow my own view of my potential, the more I do that, the more freedom I feel from those patterns that ultimately cause me distress and that have proven to me to be empty and ineffective. We all have these things. This work, though, helps me to show up even more authentically and even more intentionally and with even more purpose. Those are things that are super, super important to me. And I want these things for you too. And so during season two, I believe that you'll be able to see yourself in a whole new light. In the next episode that's coming up, I have the wonderful Dr. Beatrice Chestnut, who is half of the Chestnut Pius Enneagram Academy, where I receive some of my personal and professional Enneagram training. She's going to help us understand more about the common mistypings that occur with the Enneagram, because in order to do this work that I've been talking about, you'll want to start with your accurate Enneagram type. She'll help us understand how mistyping occurs and the most common types that struggle to find their type. She'll also talk to us about two very important aspects of the Enneagram that she's done a lot of research and work around. And this is the idea of subtypes that I've already mentioned a couple times and the idea of countertypes. She'll tell us what each of those are and how it might impact your relationship to your core Enneagram type. Okay, well, I can't wait for you to hear that episode. 
And I can't wait to continue this journey with you. In the meantime, would you be willing to rate and review the show? I would really appreciate your time on that. I would love your feedback and it will also help more people find the show. So thank you so much for considering this. All right then, I'll see you next time. Take care.